The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. I know I got to be right now Cause I can't get much longer Man, I've been waiting all night now That's how long I've been on ya Okay, you hear that song, you know the show You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network I'm in Phoenix living like it matters It's a hot day in the valley They said this may be the last day of which we exceed 100 degrees and 100 may be hot in other places, but 100 degrees in the valley, believe it, they said dry heat. Uh, this is one time where I, I guess I can feel the difference because 100 degrees doesn't really feel like 100 degrees. But I tell you, for some people in the National Football League, it is 110 because there are six teams that are out there now that are, how should I say this, uh, they have yet to win a game. So they're not uh, undefeated. They've been defeated Six times in a row. I'm sorry, six teams have been defeated uh, these last uh, four games. And that's not a good thing. So, uh, boy, to be a quarter of a way through the season. Uh, well, I'm sorry, we're into week four. They'll be going into week four. But to be a quarter of the way into the season and still looking for your first victory, that's not going to make everybody happy. But I do know they're happy out there in Philadelphia because uh, uh, Donovan McNabb was uh, not healthy enough to play this past week. But... Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin looked pretty good when he stepped in there. And I've got my man, uh, Henry Clay, who's got some wisdom to bring to me as it, uh, as it pertains to that game and the results of that game and perhaps maybe what they may be feeling about, uh, Kevin Cobb as he moves into his, uh, perhaps maybe third week of starting for the Philadelphia Eagles. Henry, you there? I am here. Good afternoon, Ray. Good afternoon, everybody. Yes, we are here. Uh, and we're looking at Mr. Cobb's numbers. First of all, he becomes the first quarterback in NFL history to start two games and throw for over 300 yards. I think he had 318 last week. He had 307, uh, 327 this past Sunday. He was 24 for 34 for two, 327 yards. And quite frankly, we are a little shocked how well this young man is playing. Well, I would say this. I, I I agree that there is probably a number of people in the city of brotherly love that find themselves in shock because of the past performance uh, of Mr. Cobb. But he's 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 very young. Uh, this is his. Uh, you know, he hasn't started. Well, obviously, he hasn't started a full season. But uh, I think this is his second game in a row. I think of which he started. He. Uh, but when you look at his numbers, and you look at his ability. When you look at his ability and the things that he did, and and you got you got a, a person over there who's making some decisions on talent by the name of Andy Reid, who doesn't make too many mistakes when it comes to talent. So perhaps well, maybe uh, Kevin has shown what Andy saw from the very beginning when he when he chose him as his quarterback. 
Well, this goes back a few, quite a few years, actually. Uh, the Eagles were playing in Dallas when um, they happened to pop into a high school football game, and they saw this young man. Um, I guess they went down earlier on Saturday or something, and um, and they saw this kid, and that's when when that's when his um, you know sparked their attention. They saw him in high school. He came out of college as a as a um, underclassman. He did not go but three years to college in Texas. So when they came in here, they knew he was as green as. Uh, whatever adjective you want to use. Um, and they brought him in. They, they told us from day one that he was going to be a project. Did they think he would have to play in his, uh, in his third year? No, they did not. But he's forced, into the, he's forced into the mix. He's done very well. And he has gained the respect of his teammates. Which, as you know better than anything, that's half. That's half of the winning. Half the way to winning in the National Football League is to um, gain the respect of your teammates. Well, yeah, a lot of times you do that too. You do that in practice, and and when you're a good practice player, then a, a lot of your teammates are a lot more comfortable when you're called upon if you're not a starter to go into a game because they've practiced against you every day. They notice your work habits regardless if you're a starter or not. You're a backup guy, but you're working very hard. So I always think it's to the advantage of a person who is not a starter to get a chance to work against the starters in practice every day. I remember when I played uh, for the Cleveland Browns, one thing that was so good about those teams that I played on was the intensity level of practice. And I, you always hear people say this, is that a, a team plays the way they practice. If you want to see a bad team, uh, you see a bad team on, on Sundays, go to their practices throughout the week, and, and you'll see that. I, w- I would imagine if somebody went to Detroit Lions practices last year, those practices were horrible. I mean, they, they looked very bad. Uh, there probably was not much energy much effort on the players' part, probably a lot of mistakes. If they had referees there, there probably was a lot of holding or pass interferences or, or whatever type of calls that they could make, illegal procedures or whatever. Uh, but that is a true indication of the way a person practices. So I'm going to assume that Kevin uh, in practice uh, must do a pretty good job there. Uh, do you get a chance to get there to see their practices? And has he looked good in practice, Henry? You heard anything about his practice habits? Practices are closed to us. As you well know, uh, but anyway, um, no. And as a story, if you want, when you get done here, you want to go online and look at the Inquirer this morning. Andy Reid has changed his philosophy drastically for this particular club. They brought in Leonard Weaver from the uh, Seattle Seahawks, who was one of the better um, fullbacks in the league, which was a shock. And they, he had his best draft ever. This is absolutely the best draft he's ever had. Um, uh, Jeremy Macklin, the wideout, uh, a year from now you're going to say, who's he? Where did he come from? Is he the next T.O.? I mean, this kid is special. Also, they drafted a running back out of Pittsburgh, LaShawn McCoy. He is the product 
typical Brian Westbrook. He can catch the football. He can run the football. He's and he's so elusive and quick in tight situations. On Sunday, he was he had twenty carries for eighty four yards, but he had the uh, Kansas City Chiefs saying, "Where did he go?" Okay, Henry, I got a quick question for you. He's over there. I got a quick question. You said that Andrew's changed his philosophy, but yet and still, you've mentioned uh, two, and I'm going to say three, even though you didn't mention this in the same category as uh, what you were just describing to me. But you mentioned to me a future Brian Westbrook. You mentioned to me a future T.O., and you've got a quarterback who's a young quarterback who's throwing the ball like Donovan McNabb. To me, that seems like the same old Andy Reid and may get the same results he got from those three players when they went to the Super Bowl. But maybe they could possibly win it. I don't know if it's this year, next year, but certainly in the future. And, and it seems as if that, that he is the same old Andy Reid and not a different Andy Reid. What, what's the part where you say he's, he's uh, changed his philosophy? It, well, our addition of a true fullback. A true fullback. All right, Carell Buckhalter was the fullback, but he was not a true fullback. Oh, I get you there. Well, let me say this. I, I am of the old school, obviously, and I, I feel like this. I remember there, were, uh, there was a season when Norman Brayman bought the Philadelphia Eagles, and there was a time of which we had the ball first and goal inside the 10-yard line, obviously, and uh, we couldn't score the ball. We could not run, I, and we were inside the five. And, and there was an incentive on the table for additional money. And I was a, a little upset. Well, I was quite upset after the game was over because of the simple mere fact that I had been criticized because I got a, you know, I guess chump change, as we used to say back in the day, compared to what the guys get today. But I got a decent salary based upon my performance. So I'm thinking, OK, guys, here's a chance for everybody to perform, particularly those on the offensive side of the ball who have a problem. But they couldn't run. And, and so I, again, and I've said this on the show Again, I don't know where in the world, you know, third and two, sometimes third and one becomes a passing play as opposed to a running down. I mean, offensive linemen, these are huge, massive men. Why don't they get a chance to show the brute strength that they have? The fullback. Yes, I want to see a fullback when it's third and one. Give the ball to the fullback. Uh, We're going to talk about a little bit later, but that's what happened to uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they're down on the goal line inside the two or three-yard line, maybe even the one-yard line, and, and they're passing the ball a- instead of running the ball. So, you know, changing his philosophy, I think Andy has been in a situation where a couple times I've witnessed that he has had ball third and short or fourth and short, and he's had to rely on Donovan's mobility and his passing accuracy to pick up a first down because he hasn't had that punishing back. I think football has never and should have never gotten away from having that punishing back to get that extra yard or that yard or two when you need it. So if that's the philosophy of which Andy has adapted to, that fullback, I think that fullback is coming back to the to the NFL. Yeah, well, I guess the, I think you had um, had moved on. In your life, uh, the Dallas Cowboys came in here uh, to play. Came into Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Barry Switzer had a first and one on the one, and he kept trying to run it right up the gut. And they uh, all four downs, and the Eagles took over <laughs> after a fourth and one. No, I happen. I happen to witness that game from a fan's perspective in the stands. But that's what. Uh, okay. but, but again, that that's that brute. You know, three yards in a cloud of dust 
that's still a part of football. And I think that is the part of football where, you know, many times, I mean, men who play the game of football, you know, sometimes the gadget plays, we really don't like that. I mean, we really want to say, okay, well, what you got? You got to trick me in order to beat me, you know, stand up, be a man. Let's go face to face, head to head, helmet to helmet. You know, let, let's play football. Don't come up with all this gadget stuff. And all. Let's line up and play football, mano on mano. You're, and, pre- you're preaching to the choir, my friend. I'm, I'm considerably older than you, and you, that's the way we played. Well, I think a lot of people have missed that. When it comes to, when it comes to third and one, or fourth and one, I mean, I think people, they don't even want to see a quarterback sneak. They want to see you try to line up. And let's see, you guys, you know, who's really been in the weight room, really working out, and who's really going to make, take that extra effort, who's going to make that play that, wow, that's the one we remember. Did you see that hit, Earl Campbell on the goal line? Those kind of hits that we all remember. Remember this. Come back, because i got to take a break. This is the Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back after this commercial break. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my good friend Henry Clay out of Philadelphia there 
uh, on the line with me. And Henry, we, we started to talk a little bit and mention some players going through some things about uh, the players in Philadelphia and, and Andy Reid's uh, uh, style of coaching and perhaps maybe even the fact that he's uh, he's kind of geared away or, or swayed away from uh, what's traditionally his way of coaching. But let me go back to something you mentioned. You brought up somebody's name, and I said I wasn't going to go there, but I, but I have to go there. And T.O.'s name was brought up. And, and I'm going to go there in defense of, of T.O. Uh, for the simple reason is he was, he was called out by Rodney Harrison, and, and T.O. responded, I guess, in, on his Twitter. And uh, the whole thing that I guess Rodney had a problem with, that, that T.O. went to a press conference and in the press conference, I guess Rodney felt as if T.O. must not have answered the questions even the way he would have liked for him to have answered them. But he felt of this as if T.O.'s focus was more on himself than on, you know, his team. And, and I thought that Terrell did a good job of, listen, I, I am upset. I'm a competitor. I want to be the best of all time. And if you want to be the best of all times and, and you're striving to be the best of all times, your team is probably going to win some games, and, and if you're around long enough to be one of the best of all times, you're probably a very good player and a contributor, and, and the things that you contribute help make your team better. So if for somehow or another that's derailed, uh, you're probably upset. And, and for somebody to stick a mic in front of you, or for the league to say that it's mandatory for you to attend this press conference, and he goes into the press conference, and he answers the questions the way he felt at that time. Now, for this, and I, did, I listened to the press conference, and I heard some of those things of which the reporter was asking. I, I felt as if one particular reporter was trying to provoke him into saying something that would have been detrimental to his uh, being a member of that team or, or for something. No, I don't think they would have cut him or got rid of him. But what could have possibly happened is he may have been fined because he may have said the wrong thing. Or he would have been, uh, his teammates probably wouldn't have been pleased with the remarks that that person was looking for. Is it fair of people in the media to have uh, the opportunity to try to provoke a person like that? Shouldn't that person have been reprimanded for what he did to T.O.? Did you, did you hear the way he tried to provoke I, I him? Didn't, I did not hear him. Um, and I think that so many times in the media today, uh, people are, you know, trying to create controversy. And, all right, T.O. did not have the greatest day on Sunday. I don't think he had any catches. No, and, by the way, I just got a bulletin from the Philadelphia Eagles. They have signed linebacker Jeremiah Trotter. Okay. It's just coming over, and I'll get, uh, is, is it Prince? I'll read it to you. He signed to a one-year contract, and they released Jeff Garcia. Oh, Okay, that answers some of the quarterback controversies there. Okay. Okay, I mean, and it's printing out as I talk to you. And it's, this print is not exactly the fastest in the world. Uh, so he will be in there. Um, they, uh, but he, uh, Jeff Garcia is definitely gone. And Trotter, and this started unfolding last Thursday. They brought him in for a workout. And they said it was just a routine workout. Well, um, then it, uh, after the game on Sunday, it heated up again, and they brought him in again yesterday for another workout. So Jeremiah Trotter is now part of the fold, officially. 
Yeah, I think that's a good move. Uh, I think it's a good move because the Eagles are looking for some leadership on their defensive side of the ball. There's no doubt about it. You know, Jeremiah Trotter is an emotional leader out there. His skills may have diminished somewhat from what they were a few years ago when he was with the Eagles. You know, he's been with us. He's been down in Washington. He's been let go. We've been brought back. But he is an inspirational leader that leads by example. He, he will do every, he'll give you every ounce of energy that he has. He's a very intelligent man. He knows the defense. See, that's another thing. They probably bought him on as a coach. Uh, because again, I think you're a, you, you're very. <laughs> I think you're one hundred percent correct. Oh yeah, he knows that. He knows that defense is, as well as the man up in heaven, who was the person who taught him. You know, and so I think you know by him just being in a position and being able to put people in a position to know you know when to bring that blitz, when not to bring that blitz. Uh, you know, I, I think he's going to add a lot more to that. You know, above the shoulders than he will below the shoulders. You can say one thing, my friend. You broke a story that nobody else had. Well, uh, I, I hope that we, we bring it uh, to them as it, as it comes to uh, the world with that uh, Internet that's out there now. I mean, everything that's released on the web, if, if, you're, if you're tuned in there, Henry, like we are, we get a chance. As you get that, we get a chance to tell everybody across the world. So uh, thank you for sharing that with me but, but, and, and with our audience. Oh, now let's go back. Now we'll go back to what we were saying before. Yeah, let's, let's, go, yeah, let's go back to that about Terrell because I, I just want to give a player his no, just due when, when it's I due. I think, first of all, <clears throat> I have two views of Terrell Owens. One, the one that the media has basically created that he's a bad guy and he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. But I think this is an extreme, my personal feeling is this is an extremely dedicated young man Works very very hard. Uh, his choice, his choice, excuse me, to come to Philadelphia may have not been the best choice in the world, because the media at that time, uh, we have a warring of radio and TV in respective sports worlds. If you understand what I mean, we have some ra- we have two radio stations that are competing against each other in the sports world. And we have a couple of TV stations that are competing in the uh, sports world. And they were just laying on everything that he did or did not say or did or did not do for their own benefit. But I think he wa- I really think that in the right setting, uh, he can be a great, he is a great player. But I think in the right setting, he can be a great person. And I, I listen. I agree with you in terms of his athletic performance. Uh, I, you know, there's not there's only a couple of receivers above T.O. that you would take. Period. If if at all, you know, you would close your eyes, and if, if Terrell happened to be the one that you got, you're not going to be. I'm not going to be upset. I'm not going to throw him back in the. No, I don't want him. No, uh, you know, he's as good as receiver as there was. I mean, I'm going to put him in the Jerry Rice category. He's there. You know, if you had, if somebody says, okay, I'm starting a football team, you could have Jerry Rice. Or T.O., which one would you take? Well, if you're talking about off-the-field personalities, you're probably going to say, give me Jerry. But if you're talking about on-the-field performance, I, you wouldn't, I, okay, if you got you got Jerry and I got T.O., I'm not going to complain about it. You know, this, I'm talking, this is one of the greatest receivers to ever play the game. And so the fact that the, that, that the NFL has this policy that you have to go in and address the media, 
to, you have to make sure that that media, they can ask questions, but that doesn't have to be a hostile environment. I mean, that was a very hostile environment of which he, 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 was, he was mandated that he had to go into that. And so, and then for him to come home and have to hear the comments of which Rodney Harrison made, and he was able then because he did it on his tweet to respond the way he wanted to. Now, I say he, he could do it the way he wanted to because it was a tweet, but again, this internet media, this new medium that's out here has caused some interest that have had me somewhat befuddled. One person in Philadelphia lost their job, an employee who wasn't an athlete, for something he put on, I think, on his Facebook. He hasn't got his job back yet. Uh, now you have T.O. who goes out and responds to what Rodney says about him. And T.O. says, listen, you're a cheater, you know, and, and I agree with T.O. because I, I don't care. Listen, injuries are a part of the game. That's as an advantage you get if the other player is hurt for that person to take something to accelerate the healing process is cheating. And so you cheated, Rodney T.O. Look what he did when he played against you. You may, he, he didn't cheat to get back to come and play in that Super Bowl. Maybe you cheated in that Super Bowl. Maybe that's why you were healthy to play in that Super Bowl. You know, he, he went through the normal process of healing his body and taking care of his body and you cheated. Okay, so he exposed you with this HGA stuff. He well, used his tweet. Now you got a kid who up with the uh, New York Jets uses his tweet and and says that, you know, he just mentioned that he wasn't happy because he only caught a pass, you know, or maybe two or maybe didn't get any. And he got benched. I mean, where are we going with this whole media thing? Is it well, a good thing or is it yeah. a bad thing? Somebody, and again, somebody is going to do this, all right? And they're going to cost, whether it be the New York Jets, the Buffalo Bills, or somebody, is going to lose a lot of money. And when I'm saying a lot of money, I'm talking about in the serious millions. Because if somebody is going to file a suit against somebody against the right of free speech, when you, when you go on your Facebook, I go on my Facebook, I am writing what I want to write on my account. Now, if it offends you, you have the right to say, that offended me. But don't tell me that I don't have the right to do that. That's unconstitutional. So do you think, Henry, then, the player that was benched by his team, uh, do you think that uh, he has a legal right? I mean, you, you know he's an employee. He doesn't want to get cut. You know, does he have a, I mean, what can he say? All right, let me ask you a question. And this is a question. Did you ever go into one of your coach's offices and say, Coach, I don't like what you what we're doing? Uh, no, but but I think you guys came to my locker after a couple games, and I told you guys that I, I wasn't right, happy. But did, did you voice your opinion? Yes, I did. That, 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 did you voice it? Yes. Okay, did you voice it did I, when I had my microphone in front of your face? I did sure you, did. I sure did. Okay. Did you did it get in the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Philadelphia Daily News, the Philadelphia Bulletin, the yeah, you guys helped, Post? Yeah, you help you guys helped get me run out of town too, yeah, because it was there. <laughs> no. <laughs> Blame the media. We're guilty of everything. <laughs> Only kidding. But I, uh, but, but no, I, but you had the right to say that, didn't you? Yes, I did. But okay, and we had the right to print that. Was right or wrong? I'm, I'm not going to say whether it was right or wrong. You had the right to say it. 
we had the right to broadcast it on the air or put it in the newspaper, correct? You're correct. Here, listen, Henry, we're going to have to finish that on the other side of break, but you're right. I said it, you printed the mic was there, so you guys recorded it, and then you later put it to ink. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I got my good friend Henry Clay with me. We're going to come back on the other side of break. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And, of course, if you guys want to call in, you don't have to call in. No, I'm not even going to give you the number. Just just listen to what Henry has to say because Henry was about to uh, do as he always does, ask me a question that may get me in trouble for answering. But go ahead. That question that you were leading into, Henry, was? Okay, the question I had to you, what would have happened legally when you said something, okay? I put it on the radio. The newspapers in this town printed it the next day, all right? If the Eagles said, no, you can't do that, the Eagles would not be around. We would have all filed a class action suit, and uh, Norman Brayman, <laughs> who owned the team when you played here, he might not be, uh, <laughs> you know, the multimillionaire, but he used to say, the guy in France. 
Yeah, but you know, I, but but you make an you make an excellent point. That's a very valid point. But I think what happens is, you know, because of the media of what it is today, you know, they always say, "Careful what you might ask for." You know, this is what perhaps right. maybe the fans want. But at well, the same I will, time, all right, I'll tell you. I'll give you. Um, I'll give you an instance, um, and I won't just you know quote it verbatim, but. The uh, a reporter here in Philadelphia asked Gary Payton before the New Orleans Saints game, um, and yeah, I'll put it out there. Uh, she said, uh, are you worried about the Eagles and the fact that Jeff Garcia and Michael Vick, who was still on the uh, restricted list at the time, are running the scout team? There was about a 30-second pregnant pause, and he said, why would I worry about the Philadelphia Eagles scout team? I'm worrying about the guys that are going to play on Sunday. What was she looking for? Well, you know what? I'm not so. Sh- I'm not always sure about the people that are in that media room. And I always say this. And and this, I guess perhaps maybe it could be a criticism. You know, there are journalists that are very well educated that become sports writers and reporters, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they know much about the game. So therefore, uh, the type of questions that that one is asked a player. Uh, depending upon you know where they're asked that I mean where they, what's the environment you know did, was this is this a practice we're at is this after a game is this okay all right I'll, I'm I'm gonna, I'm going to play game a little game with you for a second you're sitting in the coach's office your secretary comes in and puts your speakerphone on right you're going to have a conference call with the Philadelphia Eagles you who you're playing on Sunday I'm going to ask you that same question hey Ray. Uh, what do you feel about the Philadelphia Eagles having Jeff Garcia and Michael Michael Vick run the squad, uh, run the scout team for this week? What are you going to say? Well, you know, I, I mean, if I'm going to try to give a respectful answer, I might say to that lady or that gentleman that you know, here, here here's the fact of the matter. Perhaps maybe a Jeff Garcia could be uh, a person that might somehow having a resemblance of you know, Drew Brees and the way he plays the game. Maybe. I don't know. But you're right. I'm more concerned about, you know, what I got to be up against and and who's going to be on the field, Uh, not necessarily about who's running the scout teams. You know, the the whole thing about a scout team is to try to put somebody in a position that best resembles what you're going to face on Sunday. And so, I mean, that's, that's the way I would. All right. All right. Now, let me ask you a question. As a football player, all right, there's not too many people you can put on the scout team that's going to resemble Drew Brees. Would we agree on that? You're right. I mean, Jeff Garcia's the closest that the Eagles got up there, right? Okay. All right. Now, don't you want to, if I'm going to ask a question, I'm going to say, okay, uh, Coach, how, uh, my question would be, Coach, how are you, the Philadelphia Eagles are coming off an enormous Defensive performance against the Carolina Panthers, where Jake DeLone basically looked like a deer in headlights out there. What do you have? Five interceptions? Yeah, close four? to that. I think it was four, yeah. Okay. Um, how much offense did they have? 189 yards total for the game? Yes. Don't you ask the question? Okay, they're coming off this performance. How are you preparing? Right, without giving out any secrets, what are you going to do to help your team prepare 
for a defense like that? Yeah, I think that might be more on along the lines of type of questions you should get. But like I was saying, Harry, sometimes in those and you've been in there for many years. Some of those people asking those questions, you wondering, okay, hmm, were they drinking last night or just before they came to this? Meeting? <laughs> <laughs> you know, great line. That's but, a great line. Let, listen, let me move on because there, there there's somebody who perhaps maybe. Well, I know you've been covering football for some time, and I'm just wondering if he's been playing for as long as you've been covering. But I got to give this man credit. Uh, Brett Favre, I mean, I, I watched I watched that entire game. I, I watched the Minnesota Vikings uh, uh, play a football game of which, you know, Brett Favre, you know, has to give credit. You know, and, and it's I guess it was a performance of which somebody felt Brett still had a number of these performances inside of him. And he, he is was still a totally amazing athlete. Oh, he is. He, there's no doubt about it. He, he's an amazing athlete. And, and the thing about it is. It wasn't as if the foe of which he was against was the Cleveland Browns or the St. Louis Rams no. or, or, or one of those teams that are not performing. Or even, I'm going to say the Detroit Lions, and we'll talk about them a little bit later. But it was the San Francisco 49ers. 24 46, that, 24 46 for 300 yards against a team that many people are saying is the best in the West. Yeah, Mike Singletary has, has bought a, 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 an identity to that team of which he, he's trying to replicate the team of which he played for the 1985 Chicago Bears. He's trying to do the best he can to create, you know, a punch-you-in-the-mouth type of football team. And, and you know, Brett didn't have his best day that day. The results was probably one of his better games. I would think when people ask him that question, he just didn't want to go there. But I remember watching the game tonight that, his, uh, that he came on the field after he had just lost his dad. And, and he played an outstanding football game, you know. Uh, I think this one would be probably as close to that one other than winning the Super Bowl. But, I mean, it was an amazing performance. But he just showed that he still has it. He has a love for the game. Everybody says that even the play he made when he ran downfield and made the block, uh, to me, more than anything else, more than even the touchdown itself, I thought that that play showed that Brett Favre, and he said this himself, and I, don't, I disagree with it, Brett Favre at one time said he didn't have anything to prove. I think anytime you're part of a team, you earn the respect of your teammates. We don't care about what you did before because the Hall of Fame will recognize you for what you did in the past. But right. presently, you are our teammate, and we need you to contribute and show us that you want to still win. So he did have something to prove to his teammates, and he won't say this. But I, for myself, my personal opinion is that was the signature play to me that Brett was letting his team know, guys, I'm giving this everything I got. I want to win that bad, more so than the touchdown pass. Well, I and I agree with you, and I think that uh, I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, okay? I would like to add to what you said. I think that he has the type of leadership ability that on day one when he got off that jet, he walked into that locker room, Especially the younger players said, yes, sir, Mr. Favre, anything you want me to do, Mr. Favre, thank God you're here, Mr. Favre, because you're a winner. I think he walked in with the leadership ability. Well, I, I, think, he, I think the leadership ability was there and is there. The respect is there. But for him to say he didn't have anything to prove, I, I'm not so sure that's it. Because, see, I think if you've done something and you're, you're, you're meeting with people that are coming into your environment and trying to accomplish some of the things that you've accomplished, then you've earned their respect because you've accomplished that. 
But when you are currently actively still doing this, then I think you have to earn some respect as a current player. You've got respect as a former player, but as a current player, you've got to do some things for me to earn some respect for me now. Well, I mean, I, I remember even being on the field myself and you come out of college and you're playing against some of the greatest players in the world. I got great respect for, for what they've done. But I, I, as I said this to you, I, I don't find myself on very many highlight films. It's because, okay, I respect what you did against those guys, but for you to get some respect from me now, from me now, you've got to earn it from me. And I think that's what I, that's what I feel about Brett. For his teammates, he needed to earn some respect from them in his current status as their starting quarterback, and he earned it, I thought. Okay, and I'll just throw this little bit out to you. The coach out there, Okay, Brad Childress, who, as you know, spent many years with the Philadelphia Eagles. We don't know what he told those players. And he has, he, he is, obviously he's becoming a great coach. But also he's a very much a people player and a communicator. In fact, one day walking off the field up at Lehigh, he looked at me and said, hmm, you got a great face for radio. <laughs> I mean, and that's the way he communicates with his players. So maybe he had them prepared for the day that Favre walked in there, which, uh, again, talking about the media, this, you know, a good thing, not many good things never get into the newspaper or on the radio. Maybe he had gone, he had given them some type of a, uh, a preview of what Brett Favre was bringing to that football club. You know what? Now, I'm going to give you some kudos here because I truly believe that there are, and, and, and many times the NFL Network or certainly Steve Sable, shout out to Steve, great man, and the old man, uh, Woody Hayes, used to be a great friend. But I, I, I remember watching so many highlight films of the great communicators in the National Football League, of the motivators. And, and I believe because there's so many different personalities on a team that a coach that is able to communicate with his team in such a way that he can get them all on the same page to understand that this is for the greater good of the team, I think that is the type of person that will eventually become a great football coach and a winner. And, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for Coach Children. I've I've known him for years. I, I hate to say this, but... He's a part of a 644-yard uh, day spanking that they put up against us when I was at Ohio State when he was at Illinois. Now, they didn't win the game, but still, if somebody throws for 644 yards on you, that's a spanking. They spanked you. They just didn't win the game. Yeah, and, 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 that's a pretty good day. Oh, yeah, that was a office. damn good day, <laughs> and I remember that. And, and he remembers that. He and I have, have laughed about that. But I think you're right. I think he did a tremendous job of preparing his team and the community and the organization as to what to expect when Brett Favre comes in, because I know this, I, I know this man. I've, I've been with this man. I've communicated with, I've stayed in touch with this man. And he probably felt like this. If I ever get a chance to have Brett Favre as my quarterback while I'm coaching and he still has some ability, I'm going to make that happen. And I, and I think, Brett wants to play for him. There's some guys that you just develop a bond with and you want to be a part of that together. You and he can make something special happen. Something special is happening right here on Rail of Sports on the American Network. I got to take a break. We'll be back on the other side.
The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bench his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're going to hurry up and make it through this segment. Uh, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Uh, Phoenix living like it matters. Okay, and, and let's, let's talk a little bit more about some football. Henry, I think last week, this week that just passed in the NFL season, I think it was there was one particular game that I think was a little let down for the fans because of the fact that, you know, there were two, and I'm going to call them statistically great quarterbacks. You know, Peyton Manning was going up against Kurt Warner, and everybody was expecting a barn burner, and it was supposed to be as hot as it is out here in the desert for both offenses. And the Arizona Cardinals have just disappointed people this year. I, I think they are playing like the Arizona Cardinals of old, of which people, you know, they feel it was a mistake for them to even be in the Super Bowl last year. Thank God they didn't disappoint the fans in terms of their showing up and, and giving a great performance and, all you know, could have possibly won the game. But 
Of course, we know the Steelers did. But I, I just I was not happy with the Arizona Cardinals. I think this is a team. I thought Kurt, Coach Wisenhunt would bring a mentality where he wanted to develop a running game. And and I thought he just uh, he changed his colors, man. He this running game. They've got a couple balls been put on the ground, but you can't just abandon the running game. You got a great passing game. Kurt Warner can throw the ball at any time. But if people have no threat of your running game, they can shut your passing game down. What do you think about them? I'll respond to that by saying, and you know this ten times better than I do. Football is about emotion. And once you reach an emotional high, it's very hard to stay there. And I think the Cardinals had that great season they had last year. Uh, They went to the big dance. No, they did not win the big dance. But they may be, and and I could go another direction because we have that in Philadelphia with the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. They won the World Series last year, and right now they're, they're not playing very well when it counts. And the general feeling is the emotion is not there. Maybe they haven't re- re- regained the emotion of the game of football that they had last year to go to the dance. Well, I watched that game, and it was like early on, it, it was a competitive game, and as the game went on, the all of the emotion went to the uh, went to Indianapolis, and it was like the uh, Cardinals were just going through the motion. Well, one thing the Cardinals can't do, you got to take care of the football. I mean, any game you play, if you if you go down the list, uh, statistically normally shows the team that turns the ball over is probably going to lose the game. And the Cardinals just had too many turnovers. And I also feel like this, you know, I, my personal opinion is the NFL is getting what they want. They finally have got this high-flying football game where, you know, defense wins championships, but – it's hard to defend. I mean, all the advantage, or let's say this, all the neutrality of which a defender could use, he can no longer use. I mean, you can't. You can. You can only bump a guy. You know, for so long. You can't touch the receivers. You can't touch the quarterback. I mean, come on. It's it's just an air show. If you just the NFL might as well be seven on seven now, and and that's to a disadvantage of any Don't secondary. Don't get me started. Well, I, I'll, get, I, I'll get started. Well, that's it's okay. Because, because the, uh, <clears throat> the National Football League is now dictated to by the TV networks. And the network saying, we can't show that. That takes away the family interest. You played football, I played football, and we went out and hit people. Now, oh, you can't show that because somebody in Denver, Colorado will say that's too violent. That's not the way the game is supposed to be played. You, you, if you know anything about football, it is a violent sport. It, it, there's no doubt about it. It is, and I, I'm not going to say that I'm necessarily advocating for the I, I don't want to hurt anybody. I, but, but, I just uh, want yeah, to let him know I was there. Ex- exactly. That's it. And so all I'm asking for is... Let me bump a guy. Let me chuck a guy. Let me, you know, let me do something. But you just can't take world-class sprinters and let them run all over the field without any fear. I said this before the season started. Because of the new rules, I just thought it was going to be a wide-open season. It would be many passes thrown for a lot more yardage, a lot of people running uh, pass patterns across the middle. 
sixes, as we call them, uh, which a guy before would, would never go across the middle. I remember the Patriots this year threw a pass to Joey Galloway at the end of the game. It didn't, com- it didn't complete it. But somebody said, you can't throw it to Joey Galloway. Joey Galloway doesn't, doesn't run passes, you know, in the middle. Well, now he does, you know, because, again, he, he doesn't have to worry about, you know, being taken out the way he used to. But that, let's move on a little bit. And that, there's some, you know, when you look at these divisions, you look at the AFC East, as a matter of fact, the Jets at the top of the AFC East. I don't think anybody expected that. The AFC North, no. the Ravens are at the top. We, we probably expected them to be near the top, but we probably expected the Steelers would be there. But, again, they won the big dance last year, so it's kind of tough to, to do that. Uh, you, you look don't, out, count, don't count them out, my friend. Oh, no. Only, it's, it's only week three. We can't count. We will never count them out till it's all over because they still have a chance particularly with the division that they're in, okay? Let, let's look at let's look at the uh, AFC South. Of course, the Indianapolis Colts are at the top, but, you know, Jacksonville is a little disappointing. You know, we thought they would do a little bit more than what they're doing, but they're not. Let's go out west, AFC West. Now, the Denver Broncos has got to be the surprise there. Everybody, I'm sure, expected the Chargers to be on top. Chargers, LT's banged up a little bit, but right. that's okay. I don't think he's the man anyway. The little man, that's his team. You know, he could, he forget that now. Uh, let's let's look at the uh, NFC East, uh, the black and blue division. It it remains the Giants at top, the Eagles and the Cowboys both at two and one, and and the Redskins. Now that's the shock. <laughs> do you think the Redskins will, by the time the season's over, will the head coach and the quarterback both still be in the same position? One being the starting quarterback, and the other still being the head coach. Uh, the the quarterback to me is an enigma. He has a great game and three bad games, a great game and two bad games. He's got the physical talent. He, The times I've talked to him, he appears to have the mental toughness to be an NFL quarterback, but why does he not he take a Sunday off? Well, well again, they, got the ball, they got the ball down there, and they got, you know, the big fella, Clem Portis, has got to be able to put the ball in the end zone down there, too. They got to be able to score with their running game as well. I would say that he didn't have a bad game. Uh, when it comes to uh, looking at what Jason Campbell did. I mean, he, he threw for over 300 yards, and he had a quarterback rate of 97.6. So that's not a terrible game. But, again, either you get a W or you get an L. And he had a, he's got an L. So let, let's move on and let's look at the NFC North. Probably one of the best games of the season. Everybody's been waiting for it since Brett came to the Minnesota Vikings, and they're going to play the Green Bay Packers. Uh, yeah, and I just looked. I didn't realize when um, when we were, uh, we were talking during the break. I didn't realize that's a Monday night game. Oh yeah, that's. I'm gonna. I, I, hey, I may uh, if the Phillies don't begin the playoffs, I may have to chuck up some frequent flyer miles <laughs> out of the old bank till. You can't go be, see that game. You got to buy a ticket, Henry, and go see that one, huh? <laughs> I I would even buy a ticket as cheap as I am, and you know how cheap I am. Hey, well, let me let me say this to you. I hope that they don't disappoint because again, these are two. Is it a game that people want to see? They want to see, they want to see Indianapolis and Arizona because they thought it was going to be a good one. That was a disappointing game. Brett, bring it, man. Uh, Give us a repeat performance. talent. When, when you look at the football season, when you get that big thing, you get it, I get it, where they have all the games on one big placard, and you look at the game and say, "I want to see that game. I want to see that game." Well, <laughs> you circle this, that. Got, this 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 <laughs> is a Super Bowl caliber game. 
Well, Henry, listen, man, we've got music, so that means our show is over. I hope it lives up to a Super Bowl-caliber football game. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, but now i got to go. That means I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.